This episode is sponsored by ByHeart. And I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in. And all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort, and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. Welcome to the Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get to where you want to go. Now, let's get a cup of tea and spend a few minutes together. Here's your host, wife, mother of three, and entrepreneur, Crystal Payne. Hey there, friends. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Crystal Pain Show. Today's show is packed with all sorts of goodness. I've got something on my heart that I just want to share about friendship. I'm going to tell you about a new Facebook group that we just started. We're going to discuss school lunches, since this is a topic many of you have asked me about. And I want to tell you about a fiction audiobook I recently finished and really enjoyed. Plus, I'm bringing on Jennifer Dukesley, and we're going to have an important conversation about prioritizing. I think you'll love what she shares about how to know when to do something when to dismiss something from your life, and when to delegate. And we also talk about how to not disappoint people in the process of saying no. And then I'll close out the show by tackling a question on how to set good boundaries for electronics in your home, because this is something you all have written in and asked me for. And we're going to talk about how to not let them take over your life. So I have blogged and written a lot about friendships this past year as it's an area of my life that I've really been working on being intentional in. And as I've talked about it, many of you have written to me about your struggles with friendship and relationships. And I get it. And my heart hurts for you. You've written in and told me things like, I can't make any friends. I try so hard, but it never goes anywhere. I've been right there, and I've felt those same feelings. But I want to tell you that it is possible to have deep, rich, authentic relationships if you're willing to put forth a lot of effort. There is usually no simple path to deep friendship, just like there's no three-step easy plan to a strong marriage, unfortunately. It requires work, more work, 
a willingness to work on yourself and your own junk and unhealth, a bucket load of forgiveness, grace, and honesty, and a whole lot of just showing up, even on those days when you just really don't want to. If you're lonely today and you're wishing you could develop relationships, I just want to encourage you to look for someone to reach out to. Find someone who is new. Maybe you're at an event and you see someone that they're new or they're new to your mommy group or they're new at the school or they're new at your church or someone who's hurting or struggling or overwhelmed or maybe they're going through some hard thing in their life or they're on the fringe. They don't really have any friends. You just see them kind of hanging back. Reach out to them. Don't expect anything in return. Just love them right where they're at. If you keep doing this over and over again, if you open your door, invite someone to play with your kids at the park, ask that new girl at book club out to coffee, offer to watch a neighbor's kids, write a note, send that text, ask how someone is really doing, and then stop and listen and ask follow-up questions and truly care. Check in with people. If you know someone has something going on in their life, just send them a quick text and ask how it's going or how they're feeling or how they feel as they're walking into something that's a difficult or scary situation. Remember important dates in people's lives. Maybe just shoot off a funny text to someone or invite them to join you in something you were already planning to do. When you begin looking for those who are in need of a good friend and you start reaching out and then you keep reaching out and you keep doing it over and over again, when you go first with vulnerability, when you open up your heart to people who are very different from you and who maybe don't look like who you pictured would be an ideal friend, if you keep doing this over and over and over again, you are going to find friendship. You have to extend grace and not judge. Forgive willingly and keep short accounts. Be open to differing perspectives and viewpoints. You don't know everything about everything. So stop, slow down, listen to what other people have to say. Don't feel like you need to get in the last word or prove your point or that you have to always be right. Keep doing this. Keep reaching out, and you'll likely wake up one day and realize you have the most beautiful tribe of people around you who are also showing up for you. Yes, friendship takes work and sacrifice and humility, but I can tell you from personal experience that it is so worth it. I want to challenge you today to really think about who needs you to show up for them today, or who in your life can you reach out to Can you send a text? Can you send that note? Can you just look into their eyes and smile at them and ask how they're truly doing? Speaking of relationships, for a long time, I've wanted to start a community for my Facebook page. So if you're not familiar with my blog, moneysavingmom.com, we share lots of great deals and coupons and money-saving advice all day long, every day. And we have a Facebook group with about 900,000 followers. But the problem is, is that Facebook has not been showing our deals or our posts to pretty much anyone on that group. Something about their algorithms changing and the fact that we post a lot and we post a lot of deals. So a lot of people have been saying that they just aren't seeing our deals and they don't know what we're posting and they're frustrated by that. 
So I wanted to not only be able to share our deals with people, but also be able to build a community of people who are interested in saving money. We recently launched, finally, after me thinking about it for a long time, the Money Saving Mom Deal Seekers Facebook group. And this is a place where you can not only find out all the deals that we're posting all day long, every day, but where me as well as two of my team members are sharing some of the great deals that we personally have found and hot deals that we might not be able to post on the blog because they're just not going to last very long. Plus, it's a place for us to talk about saving money. I'll put questions out on there. For instance, just this recently, I did a question saying, should I buy a Costco membership? And talking about I'm considering it and why I would be considering it and kind of my thoughts of why I don't think it'll work, but I want people to convince me that maybe I should buy a Costco membership. So things like that. And there were so many great comments left on that post from differing perspectives. And so this is a place, this Facebook group, the Money Saving Mom Deal Seekers Facebook group is a place that anyone who is interested in saving money can come to and not only find out about some great deals, but also find a community of people who want to save money. Every week on the podcast, I share something that is saving my life. This is that part of the show where I tell you about a productivity tip or a life hack or an app or an idea that I'm implementing, something I've changed in my life that has made a big difference or something that's just helping my life be better or easier. You get the point. So this week, I want to talk about having my kids pack their own lunches because this has truly been saving my life right now. They've actually been in charge of their own lunches since the time that they started going to private school instead of being homeschooled. So that was a few years ago. They were in sixth grade, fourth grade, and first grade at the time. We started out with a much more sophisticated system. Isn't that often how things go? I had big dreams and visions of how we were going to have this Pinterest perfect system where we dedicated the garage refrigerator to our lunches. And we had these baskets in there and bins, and there was a note on the fridge that said, you know, you could pick one from each basket to put in your lunch. Well, that lasted for about, I don't know, maybe six weeks. And then we just went to a little bit more of a lazy method. (laughs) I'm going to call it a much simpler system rather than a lazy method, because let's face it, that sounds a little better. So How it works for us is that I'm in charge of making sure we have lunch food. I look for great deals at Kroger. I will pair the sales with coupons or look for clearance items or markdowns. And I just make sure that we have enough on hand of things like lunch meat, bread or buns, fruit and veggies, granola bars, cookies, Capri Sun, and so on and so forth. Then the kids are actually in charge of making their lunches before bed. They just do it. It's something that they've done and they've just gotten into the habit. They just know that they're in charge of their lunches. Sometimes they'll ask me for a little bit of help if they're trying to make something and they don't have everything for it. Or sometimes they'll suggest, hey, mom, I'd love it if you would buy more of this or we're almost out of that. But for the most part, they're completely in charge of making it. Not only does this save me time and effort and thought, but it allows them to get to choose what they want in their lunch. So no one is complaining about what mom put in the lunch. I also want to tell you about a book that I recently read. Actually, I didn't read it. I listened to it. It's called Against the Tide by Elizabeth Camden, and I don't even know where I found it. I think I was just searching through 
books on Overdrive. That's a free app that you can get from the library and looking for ones that were available that looked interesting. And I downloaded it because it was available to download. I didn't know what to expect. And oftentimes when I'll start listening to an audiobook within the first chapter or two, I'll be like, no, not for me. And I move along. But this one was really well narrated and it was such a great story. I love good historical fiction because it takes me back to that time and that place, maybe a time period that I'm not very familiar with. In this case, it was about the opium trade, which I was not familiar with at all. And I could not stop listening. In fact, one night I stayed up way too late listening to this audiobook. You hear of people who stay up way too late reading a book? Well, I was staying up way too late listening to the audiobook because I just wanted to see how it was going to unfold. So if you're looking for a good, clean historical fiction book to read or to listen to, I definitely recommend this one. It's won quite a few awards, and I am not surprised. So that was Against the Tide by Elizabeth Camden. And of course, we'll have a link to it in the show notes. I am so excited to have Jennifer Dukes-Lee joining me today for a conversation about, you guys, the question I'm always getting, priorities. There's so much that I want to ask her about. And part of me is like, could we have about five interviews? Because she's written so many books that have impacted me. She's written the book Love Idol, which is all about letting go of approval and people pleasing. I've talked about that book a lot on my blog. The Happiness Dare is another of her books, which is all about intentionally pursuing happiness. And I loved that book too. It deeply impacted me. And her latest book is called It's All Under Control. A journey of letting go, hanging on, and finding a peace you almost forgot was possible. I feel like we just need to all take a deep sigh after that because it just feels so amazing to think of letting go and finding a peace you almost forgot was possible. Like I said, all of Jennifer's books have impacted my life in deep places, and they are books that I'm constantly recommending on my blog, moneysavingmom.com. So if you've read my blog, you've heard me talk about Jennifer. And as I was thinking about starting this podcast and who I wanted to have on the show, Jennifer was immediately someone who came to mind. And I wish that I could talk to her about happiness and people-pleasing, but since her newest book is just releasing, we're going to talk about that today. But I'm hoping maybe I can have her back on in the future to talk about those other topics. So Jennifer, first off, thank you for writing books on such important topics that women struggle so much with. Also, thank you for being willing to come on the show today on one of your busiest days of book launch to share with my listeners. Oh, it's a pleasure. And you know, Crystal, I feel like God teaches us the same lessons at the same time, right? We've talked about how yes. sometimes the book that I'm writing was, is certainly the book that I'm having to live the message out. But as it turns out, it's something that you needed too. And yes. you're an author and you're a communicator and you know how you know affirming that is and encouraging that is to know that your words are making a difference. So it's just a real honor to be on here. Oh, well, so, so many women struggle with prioritizing and they feel overwhelmed by all of the things they have to do, want to do, need to do, think they should do. In fact, I polled my podcast listeners before as I was starting the podcast and asking them, you know, what's your greatest struggle? And so many of them came to me and said, I just, 
I don't know how to do everything I'm supposed to do. I am just overwhelmed with my life. And so I know that you have a very full plate. So I'd love to hear from you. What are some practical ways that help you when you feel really overwhelmed with life? Maybe like today when you're in the middle of book launch. Right. You know, I, I just, I really empathize with women who you're talking to because the truth is, you know, people say, oh, you just need to let go. You just need to like stop doing so much. You're too busy. But you look at your own life and you think, I don't even know where to begin. Like, how do I not do all this stuff? Yes. I can't like fire my life and <laughs> run up to life. the lake and just like decide I'm just going to spend the rest of my life on a floaty in the middle of that lake drinking fun drinks or something. I mean, like we actually have things to do that that we're called to do vocationally yes. and with our families. And so one of the things that really helped, well, there's two things, but the first one, the first thing that I did a couple years ago was make a list of core boundaries. Mm. These are value statements. They're the values you want to establish for your life. And they are the lines that you refuse to cross. For me, I won't miss major school events. And that's not prescriptive for everybody because there may be other people who don't have that luxury. You need to figure out what your core boundaries are. What are the lines that you will not cross and stick to them? Another one that I have as a core boundary, this is the second one, is that I won't do things based on ego or fear of missing out. Oh, wow. So I think, you know, you just got to figure out what those are for you. Like I reserve every Wednesday night for my family, or I will set aside the first 10 minutes to meditate or the first 30 minutes to pray or the first hour to exercise and go for a walk and whatever those are, like decide what those are and refuse, fiercely protect the boundaries that you have set for yourself. That is so good. So in your book, It's All Under Control, you talk about determining what to delegate, dismiss, and do. So I want to hear you walk us through exactly how does someone determine that? Because so many women say to me, I know I need to cut some things from my life, but I just... I don't know what to cut, you know? So you talked about your core boundaries and all that, but as you're just going and looking at your day and looking at your week, how do you decide what to delegate, dismiss, and do? Okay, so this concept grew out of a course that I took uh, with Michael and Smith, the nester. Mm -hmm. She has a course online called The Cozy Minimalist. I took that course and in it, Michael and said, you need to quiet a room. You need to pick a room and quiet a room, which means you take everything out of it. And so I took my whole room and I stuck it in my guest room. I remember and it was seeing like, that on Facebook. <laughs> it's like, I mean, I took all this stuff out. I've collected, like if one sprig of greenery was good, like 30 was better. I could have filled a whole aisle of, at Hobby Lobby with all the greenery that I had. And so I put everything like pottery, just all these things into the guest room where they had to wait. And then I went back into the room and I think this is going to be echoey and just blah and boring and empty. And I went into that room and I didn't feel any of those things. I felt peace. Mm -hmm. And when I was st standing in that room, it's like, I need, my life is so jumbled. It's like Hobby Lobby aisles of greenery threw up in my life. Like I've got too much stuff. I need to clear it out. So I literally took everything in my life. And this is what I want to encourage your listeners to do. Quiet your life, dump the whole thing out, write it on paper, brain dump it. Look at everything that's on that list and first figure out what violates your core boundaries. That's a dismiss. That's something you no longer do. If it violates, do not put it back in the room. <laughs> if it's something that you need to do or that you love to do, then it goes back in. 
there are some things that you want to do that maybe don't make sense to other people, but you know that they are right for you. You do those things and go and do them well, whatever that is. So when you start to clear out the things that you're not supposed to do that violate your core boundaries or that maybe you've been hanging on to so long because if I don't do it, no one else will, or I've always done it and I don't want to disappoint people. If you sense those things happening, it's time to evaluate those things on your brain dump list, so to speak. Then comes delegating. These are the things that you may need to ask someone else to help you with. And I think in some ways, this is the hardest thing for people to do is asking for help. Number one, we aren't sure that people will do it the way that we want it done. And number two, we're often used to being the helped. And so we don't know how to be the helpy. For me, that looked like getting a housekeeper. And for a while, Crystal, I had guilt over that because I thought other women are able to do this and have full-time jobs and take care of their kids. What's wrong with me that I can't handle this on my own? But I know that for if I have a housekeeper here every other week, then I'm able to do what I do best. And I know you too. You have a staff of people around you that help you focus on the things that you're actually called to do. So do delegate dismiss helps you figure out what to hang on to and what to let go of so you can really shine at the things that you were called to do that fit with your purpose. I love the quiet your room and that mental picture, especially because I saw that post that you posted on Facebook and just thinking of taking all of it out and then deciding what you want to actually keep. It kind of reminds me of Marie Kondo's life-changing magic of tidying up where she talks about not decluttering, but it's kind of saying, what do I want to have in my space first off, instead of asking what should go, what do I want to have there? So I'm going to kind of play the devil's advocate here because you're talking about all these concepts that are so great. And I think so many women, they long for this, but I think some people are listening right now and they're saying, I want to say no to things that aren't priorities in my life, but I'm really afraid of offending someone or hurting a relationship. So what would you say to that woman that's feeling like that? You will disappoint people. Mm. I will say that when you say no, especially if you were the kind of woman who's always said yes, I have been a series of unstoppable yeses. Like the saying, if you're, if you want something done, ask a busy woman to do it. And so I had to come to the realization as a people pleaser, this was super hard, that I will disappoint people. There's no way around it. That disappointment feeling is really shameful at times. And we end up piling more on ourselves because our sense of duty convinces us that we owe it to everybody to keep on pushing. And we can't imagine a world in which we aren't meeting everybody's expectations Mm -hmm. And so things that I have to do all the time is number one, realize I will disappoint people, but they will move on. (laughs) It'll be fine. Second is to know who you are. It's tempting, I think, to tie our worth to our ability to get things done. Yes. And women who have a clear sense of purpose. And for me, as a Christian woman, um, to have a clear purpose of my identity in Christ is helpful. And so some of your listeners may have something else where they feel that they're identifying with. So whatever that is for you, know who you are Mm. and take time every day to affirm your truest identity. And then the next thing is to to know your priorities. The clearer your priorities, the easier those decisions are going to be. If you filter every request for your time 
if you filter all of those requests through like this prism of those core boundaries, you're going to be able to make decisions that fit with your values and your calling. And if it does not pass the core boundaries test, then it's a huge sign that you should probably dismiss it and let it go. And then another thing is just to keep perspective. Like, remember that a yes to one more thing means a no to something else. Like you can't keep doing more like a yes to something. So a yes to Bethany House Publishers means a no to some other things in my life. Mm -hmm. And so it took three months to decide, is it worth it? Just because it sounds like a dream job, is it worth it? What has to go? And some things have to go. So I think for women right now that are struggling with the no thing, like how do we do it? Uh, One practical tip that you could start doing like this week is to say no when the stakes are low. Mm. Like, would you like to sign up for a credit card offer? No, I'm sorry. I don't sign up for credit card offers at your store. Like just to be more aggressive in that way, instead of like, well, I don't know, maybe I could. When the stakes are low, be aggressive and practice. And then you will grow the ability and the muscle to say no in the things that really matter. That's so good. Say no when the stakes are low. It's a great way to just begin practicing that and get more comfortable with it. And I feel like for me, the more that I say no, the easier it becomes to say no, because you realize this will free me up to be able to say yes to these other things that are much more of a priority. And I'm not going to say yes. And then in six months from now or three months from now, or whenever that thing comes up that I said yes to, I'm going to be like, why did I say yes to that? What was I thinking? (laughs) Two questions that I always ask all of my guests are, what are you reading right now? Okay. So this is a book that isn't out yet but that everybody needs to go pre-order, but only after you order mine. Yes, that's right. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm sorry, Lisa Leonard, if you're listening, I'm sorry. We, of course, want everybody to buy your book. So this book is called Brave Love, and it's written by somebody that I would imagine many of your listeners are familiar with, Lisa Leonard. She's mm-hmm. the founder of Lisa Leonard Designs. Yes. And this book came to me early because Lisa asked me if I would endorse it basically read it beforehand and give a recommendation that then appears on the inside cover of the book to let people know what you think. I loved it. So I just finished it. And it's a lot of it is Lisa's story as a mom, as as a little girl, as a jewelry maker. Mm -hmm. But it really also spoke to me. Um, The subtitle of it is Making Space for You to Be You. And I always need that message. Um, What does it look like in my own life to make space for me to be me and to be comfortable in my own skin? So I loved Brave Love by Lisa Leonard. That sounds so good. And then finally, the second question is, what's saving your life right now? A productivity tip or life hack or an app or an idea, something that's making your life better, easier, or more enjoyable? crazy. It feels like I'm going back to the dark ages, but I went back to a paper calendar. I had to go back to a a planner, like a 17 month planner. I have had everything on my phone because, you know, everybody's doing Google calendar and you got to have all this, you know, on your phone at all times. But it was driving me crazy to have my whole life in this tiny little screen. And so in the mail comes Ruth Simons. Do you know Ruth Simons Mm -hmm. of Grace Lace? Yes. She had this brand new planner, a 17-month planner called the Grace Lace Planner. And I'm like, I'm just going to, to try this. And it is saving me. 
I can't believe it. I mean, I know that there's people that are just iPhone or mobile phone calendar people, but I think that I am made for the paper calendar. I need to have it all out in front of me so I know what's coming. That's fantastic. So I am a hybrid person where I use Google Calendar for all my brain dumping stuff, but then for my daily to-do list, I have to write them out by hand. There's something about that actually writing it out that for some some way it connects with my brain in a way that just typing it up on Google or looking at it on my phone doesn't connect. And so that's what I do. So every night I go and I look at my Google calendar and then I write out my to-do list by hand so that I, that's just what works for me. So I'm so glad that a paper calendar is working for you. And I'm going to have to look at that. It sounds like, I'm sure everything that Ruth does is gorgeous. Oh, yes. So I'm sure yes. it's just beautiful. I haven't actually seen it yet. So yeah, she knocked it out of the park. <laughs> I'm sure. Thank you so much for joining me today on a very, very full day for you. I really appreciate it. And I'm so excited for my listeners to get to check out your books. And so everyone, please go get a copy of It's All Under Control by Jennifer Dukesley. And while you are on Amazon or whatever um, place you're ordering it from, please also check out her other two books, The Happiness Dare and Love Idol. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Wasn't that such a great conversation with Jennifer all about prioritizing? I am going to be thinking of those nuggets of truth that she gave us over and over and over again as I go throughout my life and as I face things that I am thinking, I don't know, should I do this? Should I delegate this? Should I dismiss this? I want to quiet the room of my life and make sure that I only have the furnishings and the decorations in there that are truly bringing joy and benefit to my life and are allowing me to invest my time and my effort and my energy into the things that are going to really matter in 25 years from now. So since my conversation with Jennifer was about prioritizing, I wanted to close out the show by tackling a question on motivation and how to set good boundaries for electronics in your home. You might be wondering how those two things go together. Well, listen to the question. Today's question for our Q&A segment is from Jen, and she says, I want to jump up in the morning and get started on my day, but I find that electronics take first priority. I want to organize a room, but instead of finding the motivation to do it, I feel like I must search Pinterest to see how to organize. Before the internet really became in the palm of my hands, I was a productive person, she says. I was up and started the house cleaning by 7.30 a.m. on the weekends. I have always meal planned for the week. In fact, back before I knew that others didn't, I assumed everyone meal planned before going to the grocery store. But now, I search Pinterest for cute meal plan printables instead of just writing a meal plan and then fly by the seat of my pants at the grocery store. I could go on and on about all kinds of examples, but I think you can figure out a graceful, encouraging way to help me and others get past this electronics paralyzing state that we are in. All right. Well, thanks for believing in me, Jen, that I'm going to have a graceful, encouraging way to help you. I can't promise that, but I'm going to take a stab at it. I just want to encourage you first off that you are not alone. I often hear from women who are struggling in similar ways. And I know I can totally get sucked into the black hole of the internet, or let's face it, sometimes Pinterest, but mostly Instagram. That is my black hole on the internet or on my phone. And as I read your question, the biggest thing that came to mind for me is really thinking why. When you're finding yourself feeling like you must search Pinterest for how to organize, or that you need to have that perfect printable, what's really going on? Are you just procrastinating? 
Or is it something deeper? Maybe you're feeling discontent with your life or discouraged that you think you're not doing enough. Is it somehow related to comparison? Or is it just plain procrastination? I'd start there to see if there's something deeper going on. Maybe talk to your spouse or close friends and get their input. Now for practical ideas, because I always want to give practical ideas too, what about setting some accountability in place with a friend? Maybe you say, I am not going to get on the internet before 10 a.m. every day. I'm not going to check any social media until after I have cleaned my house. Or what about having a designated time when you can be on your phone or be on your computer and be on social media or whatever site it is that is sucking you in? Maybe you go to the extreme and you just block Pinterest from your computer or you take the app off your phone. Sometimes I found that just doing certain things like this for a short season can make a big impact on me and it can help me to recognize how I am spending too much time or really wasting a lot of time that I didn't realize I was in the black hole of the internet. I'd encourage you, as I said before, to talk to your spouse or close friends and get their advice, not only for what might be actually going on and the why behind you going to the internet and searching on Pinterest, but also ask them for practical ideas that might work best for you because they know you the best. I know for me, I've had to put parameters in place at certain times, like I had parental controls on my computer at one season. That's where you actually are putting them on for your kids so they can't get on the internet. But I put it on for myself because I wanted to stick with my schedule and not be on the computer when my kids were up and needing me. I also have had periods of time when I've taken email off my phone. And taking social media off my phone is something that I find to be really helpful. And I actually do that every single Wednesday. So Wednesdays are my day off and I try to be really offline and not working on Wednesdays. And I actually log out of email on my phone and I take the Instagram and Facebook apps off of my phone. There's something about having them off my phone that I just find I can't get on them easily. And so then I just don't. And I find that having one day a week where I take it off my phone and my phone just works as a machine to text people or call people. It is like Jennifer talked about that quieting of the room. I feel like it's quieting my soul and it just helps me to make sure that I'm not getting off track or getting sucked into social media or it becoming something that is a really unhealthy fix or crutch for me. So hopefully there were some ideas there that will help you in this. And I just want to encourage you, know that you are not alone and that you're not going to find a one-size-fits-all plan that you're just going to be free from this and you're never going to struggle with this again. But putting some parameters in place, asking why, digging deep, getting some outside counsel, and maybe having that accountability can make a big difference. If you have a question on any topic you'd love for me to answer in a future episode, be sure to email it to crystal at moneysavingmom.com. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode of The Crystal Pain Show. Have a great week. And remember, you can't always choose your circumstances, but you can always choose your attitude. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com. 